on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Matt Foley. A rough one tonight for the Brewers as they lose to the Cubs 8-3. The Brewers jump out to a 2-0 lead in the first inning. They're not heard from again until the ninth. All the while, the Cubs go on to score eight unanswered runs until the Brewers do get that final tally in the ninth. Jason Alexander was going well, and then he runs into a little bit of trouble and uh, just was not an overly well-played game by the Brewers tonight. They commit a couple errors in there as well. Welcome in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley, coming your way from American Family Field. If you want to join us tonight, you can do so multiple ways to get connected to the program. You can call or you can text into the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. You can also uh, tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Vinny Rotino is going to join us coming up in just a few moments. We'll hear the post-game comments. The manager, Craig Council, will also go back through the game uh, with the highlights. Not a great one today for the Brewers. 8-3 they lose, and now this sets up a rubber game of the match coming up tomorrow afternoon here at American Family Field when Corbin Burns will match up against Adrian Sampson. Again, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, or tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. Vinny Rotino joins us in just a moment. This is Brewers X Turnings on WTMJ. They got a chance anyway. Power guys, Yelich, Adamas, Tomez, the pitch. Swing and a drive! Right and deep! Get up! Brewers come up short tonight as they end up losing to the Cubs. Final score, 8-3. Brewers' extra innings rolling on from American Family Field. My name is Matt Pauley. We'll bring in former Brewer and Bally Sports Wisconsin analyst uh, Vinny Rotino. And Vinny, sometimes you have games like this. It was just kind of a, an ugly, nothing-going-right-for-you kind of day for the Brewers. You thought that they were going to win this one for sure. I mean, especially after getting out to that early lead against Kyle Hendricks, a guy that they've had some success against recently, uh, just couldn't put anything together against that Cubs bullpen, right? I mean, these guys aren't world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, Swarmer's got a five ERA, Rowan Wicks north of four and a half, and Rucker is uh, is is four point four, you know, or five point four ERA. So I mean, these guys give up runs, uh, just weren't able to put anything together. Only only got the the five hits today total, and they punched out nine times. So it's a kind of a what we've come to see um, from this Brewers offense, but not lately, right? We thought lately the Brewers have been scoring runs ever since, uh, you know, Craig Kashan and I put on that gauntlet glove on the uh, Bally Sports desk, but they've been scoring runs, but not tonight. It was um, to no avail. All right, so Vinny, you know me well enough to know that I'm not a jump off the cliff, sky is falling kind of guy, and I looked at (laughs) things from a very reasoned perspective. At least I think I do. So, I say that before I ask this question. We It is a very normal thing in baseball for maybe a minor league guy, a non-prospect minor league guy, specifically pitchers, but sometimes it happens with position players, to come up, make a splash, 
and then the shine kind of start to wear off. And with Jason Alexander, the last couple times he was out of the bullpen, I think you and I were both kind of giving him a pass because he just didn't seem to fit in the bullpen. He was pitching all right there for a little while tonight before things kind of uh, went wrong for him, but he ends up going um, just five and a third, not just five and a third, he ends up going five and a third, seven runs, six earned on eight hits. Is do you think the shine is starting to wear off on Alexander at all? No, I don't. Actually, I thought he pitched. I thought he pitched really well. I thought he pitched as well tonight for most of the game as he did in the other starts. Obviously, he he had a couple of of, of hits there that. Uh, well, the error by Willie Thomas, pretty uncharacteristic error with that throwing error. You don't see Willie Thomas do that very often. And then I thought that play that Luis Arias. I thought that was kind of kicked and made into a double. Um, uh, Look, I thought Jace Jace Peterson should be playing third base personally when Jason Alexander is on the mound. He's your best third baseman, and it's not close, in my opinion. I know that Luis Arias has played well there in the past, but that was a big play, right? I mean, that's a big error. I mean, it wasn't even an error. It was a a double. It is rangy to his right, so he kind of played it into a double. in my opinion. So I thought that was a big decision not to have Jace Peterson play third base when Jason Alexander's on the mound. There's a ton of ground balls to be had, especially the third base against right-handed hitters. So um, I thought that was kind of a, a misstep there. But I don't know. I, he pitched He pitched well. He made a couple of mistakes. That home run that Seiya Suzuki hit was seven inches in off the plate almost hit him and he hits it for a homer um so i thought he pitched i thought he pitched pretty well i thought he i thought he was commanding the baseball i think this is just a situation where you just kind of clear it and move on it's interesting you mentioned that because there are when you have ground ball pitchers you do want to make sure that you have the best infield defense as possible and and i think you're right in what you're saying and and i'm not trying to take anything away from from what you had out there, and I, and I understand that Luis Urias is a big part of this team, and yeah. you know maybe even you put him at, at second, but then you're yeah. looking for a place for Wong. Like there's a lot of decisions you have to make, but if you've got that ground ball pitcher, you do want the guys that you have the most confidence in on the infield. I thought that's exactly what you do. I thought you put, so I agree with you, Matt. You put Luis Urias at second base, um, and then you just give Wong perhaps a day off. I mean, talk about a guy that's playing with a little bit of, um, you know. Not low confidence but he's just he's just struggling this year defensively i mean we saw him just not turn a double play in the first inning that is so uncharacteristic of colton wong he just he just looks like the confidence is shaking just a little bit he'll get it back i'm sure right he's so sure-handed he's so good defensively he'll he'll eventually snap out of this but i thought you could put luis reese at second base jace at third and then there there it is i think that's really what you got to do um in order to have your best defense out there for jason alexander it's it's really weird to be talking about this with Colton Wong because he has yeah. been arguably the best defensive second baseman in baseball, if not the best. He's in that conversation, and here we are. It's not a small sample size anymore. We are we are past the halfway point of the season, and he has been incredibly inconsistent defensively this year. It's just strange. I mean, so just looking at the numbers on fan graphs, they they judge and can measure all these, um, how many runs you save and just where you stack up in terms of, um, 
it's it's almost too complicated to even try and understand all the all these defensive metrics that they measure guys with. But he's he's never been negative um, on the defensive side of things. I guess in 2017 he was just just under uh, the neutral, you know, major league average. Um, uh, whatever, however they're measuring this tool, but it, he's under. He's he's now minus six point two WAR. So that's all. It's just a huge difference um, from where he was every single year, other than this year. So I mean, it's, it's just he's not turning double plays. He is bobbling baseballs a bunch. Um, the throws just seem just a little bit off sometimes. I mean, it's, a lot of it's the glove, I think. And and again, it's just it's something gets in your head as a, as a fielder sometimes, and you usually. Snap out of it. Colt Wong hasn't been able to snap out of it pretty much all year. I think he will eventually. You just got to get over it. Uh, injuries haven't helped in irregular playing time because of the injuries haven't helped. But he'll he'll snap out of it. It's just it just I I agree, Matt. It's just really strange to be talking about this. We've spent so much time discussing how this team can improve itself, and we've mentioned center field, and we've mentioned third base. And a lot of times when we mention third base, we talk in terms of, well, if you bring in a third baseman, you can move Luis Urias to that uh, position where he's you know, a utility guy, and he can play second, he can play short, he can play third. Something that we don't talk about a lot when we're discussing possible upgrades is there's still only 26 spots on the roster. So if you bring somebody in, that means somebody who's on the roster is not going to be on the roster anymore. I'm not saying that there's conversations involving Colton Wong, but I, I do think it's interesting to note that Luis Urias came up at the second baseman. He can play second base. There's some money associated there. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I just, the game that I play, Vinny, in my head all the time is okay, if. You acquire somebody who goes away, and like right. in the outfield, if you acquire somebody, you can send Johnny Davis down, and that's not a that's not a knock at him, but you can send him down. I think most that's probably going to happen when Hunter Renfro gets back, and then you know you still have Tyrone Taylor, and maybe that's another conversation once once those guys are there. But it's not easy to figure out who on the major league roster could be included in a trade, and who might no longer be on the roster if somebody's brought in. Yeah, I mean, it, and I, I tend to agree with you. Where, like, at least have the conversation in your own mind, right? As to who, as to Colton Wong, might be that odd man out, right? I mean, they're not going to do that. They owe him a lot of money, and I think he's going to snap out of it eventually. But it, of course, it crosses your mind. But it is funny and interesting that you do bring up that name because he he is at a 7.39 OPS. It's not like he's low cane at this point, right? Where he's just past his prime, can't get the bat around anymore. He's he's hitting 140. I mean, he he's still at a 7.39 OPS. That, that is a productive major league player. It's like average production for a major league player, especially at second base. And so it's not like he's just totally – I mean, he's still offering some contributions on the offensive side. It's the defensive side that's glaring, right, that they were just like, yeah. my goodness, he can't – he can't. Uh, he is not performing well on the defensive side. And the other guy that you would think about and talk about real quick is, is Mike Brasso um, – in terms of you're not sending him down whatsoever. I mean, he's got options, but you're not. He's leading the team in OPS at an 835, and I know he's really producing against left-handed pitchers, 
But when's the last time you saw a guy that is leading your team in OPS among the uh, guys that are qualifying for at-bats come in and pitch, right? So, I mean, it's just like the things that are going – it's a goofy team, Matt. This team that we are covering is is kind of a weird group. But, I mean, and they're still, you know, in first place. So, so go figure. But oh, oh, this is not a shot at Mike Brasso. It's a problem when Mike Brasso is your leading OPS. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great point, Matt. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Rowdy Telez has really cooled off, but he's now starting to heat up again. You have Hunter Renfro, who, who's pretty much producing as to, um, you know, his career averages. He's about around an 800 OPS guy. And, again, OPS on base plus slugging percentage. So it takes into account batting average and how much you're slugging, hit, hitting extra base hits. It's a good way to measure major league players. But, yes, I agree with you. Um, at the end of the day, if – you know, just to bring up the elephant in the room. I mean, it is at the end of the day. You know, Christian Yelich is, you know, seven thirty four OPS where we're used to and needing him to produce at that MVP type level, which he is not able to right now. Eight three, the Brewers fall to the Cubs. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, Rowdy Telez. He hits a home run. He is heating up, as uh, Vinny said. We'll discuss him. Also, have a little bit of announcement that I just want to mention as well. That's coming up uh, in just a moment as uh, the Brewers fall short against the Cubs today. Eight three. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Peterson's going to try to score, and he will, and it is now 8-3. That would end up being the final score. Brewers extra innings rolling on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Bawley, live in American Family Field as I watch the grounds crew just do work. Vinny, how much do you appreciate? You've been around baseball. You watch how hard these guys work, whether it's in the big leagues and the minor leagues. How much do you appreciate ground crew, grounds crew members? Oh, they're unbelievable. I was in Charlotte my last year playing, and I saw these guys starting to resod the field at like 11 o'clock at night after a game. And I said, what are you guys doing? You guys going to just work for a couple hours or whatever? He's like, no, we're going we're gonna to work until this job is done. We'll probably be here until about 10 a.m. the next day. They had to get the field ready for the All-Star game in AAA that year, and so they had to work all the way through the night. But, yeah, those guys are unreal. It's. Have you pulled tarp before? I assume you have, right? You know what? I have a couple of times okay. in a monsoon. Yeah, but um, yeah. Have you? You have. Oh, yeah. I know you have. Oh, a, I worked years in minor league baseball. I've pulled so much tarp. Like I am. Uh, I have emeritus <laughs> status when it comes to pulling tarp. Tarp slide? Have you ever done a tarp slide? I've never done a tarp slide. No. I have. It's, okay. You got to do one if you ever get a chance. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll see if that is in uh, in my future at some point. Uh, Rowdy Teles hits the home run today. Hits it in the the second inning. We've seen a bunch of home runs from him, and he's got now got uh, seventeen. It, it just yeah, he went through that slump, and I think a lot of people at that point were saying, okay, who is Rowdy Teles? And man, Vinny, he has come out of that thing in, in a big way. In a huge way, right? I mean, he's got he's got how many now in the last um, twelve games? One, two, three, four, five. He's got eight homers in the last twelve games or thirteen games. So, I mean, he is he's absolutely tearing the cover off the baseball. I think seven homers actually. So, um, 
he he was stuck on 10 for a long time. He went through a drought. They do come in bunches. But what I I talked to Ozzie Timmons and I talked to Connor Dawson, and what they said is he's getting that foot down a little bit softer. And so now because of that, he's not as violent. He's able to you know control the barrel a little bit more. His head stays on plane or on, you know his head stays more still. So he's able to see the ba- you know the baseball hit the barrel of the bat a little bit more consistently. And that's what we're seeing from him because he does not have to swing hard obviously because of how big and strong he is he just has to touch it just has to play pepper with the baseball and it will go uh and that's what he did tonight he did a great job of just fighting off nasty pitches or tough pitches from hendrix eight pitch at bat hung a curveball uh at that point the pitcher's like i don't know i don't know what else to throw so he throws his third best pitch hung it a little bit and roddy Tillez made him pay for it so with that home run, Vinny, it marks his 10th consecutive hit to go for extra bases. That ties Ryan Thompson for the franchise record. Thompson did it back in 2002. And a lot of times if you'd see that, you'd think, okay, you're talking about a guy who's all or nothing, home runs or nothing, has no average, a 200 hitter who just you know happens to hit some out. He's not killing it from a batting average perspective, but he's hitting 240. That's, that's respectable. That's respectable in today's baseball for sure. So, uh... I think that record is that much more impressive considering the fact that he has at least a respectable batting average. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, he's a hitter first, and then he hits home runs and he slugs. So, I mean, a 317 on base percentage as well. Um, so, I mean, he's taking his walks. He's only had 61 punch outs in 300 at bats, or 300 plate appearances, I should say. So, um, it's a respectable strikeout percentage as well. It's not like he's a guy that strikes out 30% of the time, 35% of the time either. So, this is a hitter first. He, he can really slug, he can really drive the baseball to all the gaps and what's impressive about him is he does use that opposite field gap quite a bit and he hits the ball on such a line he's not a guy that has this lofty swing it's line drive approach and that's what makes this more impressive as well is like it's it's low line drives hard contact on the ground as well but he can drive it to the gaps for these extra base hits so he's doing a great job that's Vinny Rotino I'm Matt Pauly Vinny I want to mention something real quickly and I'm not I wasn't looking forward to uh, mentioning this. We're going to kind of go away from baseball for just a moment. I put this out on Twitter tonight, so I know everybody who listens, not everybody who listens to this show is on Twitter, so just to be, uh, be fair that everybody hears this, I uh, just want to mention the fact this is my last week at WTMJ and my last week uh, hosting this show. Sunday is going to be my final day uh, hosting Brewers Extra Innings, so uh, no show tomorrow since it's a weekday day game. Uh, I'll do Brewers Weekly on Thursday night at 8 o'clock, and then we'll have shows on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and at that point I'm going to be uh, uh, leaving WTMJ, leaving Wisconsin as well. Uh, it's It was a really, really tough decision. It's uh, Bittersweet is the dif- dictionary definition. I've been an emotional wreck, honestly, lately, because I'm so sad to be leaving uh, Wisconsin and leaving this job. I'm really at the same time excited for my next opportunity, which I'll tell people uh, after I'm done at, at WTMJ. We won't mention that uh, until I'm done, just out of respect for the station. I'm all in until uh, I'm done on Sunday. But, Vinny, I, I wanted people to know it's getting out there. It's on uh, social media and everything. This is uh, We've got just a few more shows together, Vinny, and then uh, I'm going to be moving on, and you'll be working with some other folks. Matt, I think I speak for everybody, not only um, everyone that has worked with you or knows you, but everyone that's listening. I mean, 
I, where you are going to be sorely missed. I mean, I am a fan of yours. I told you that before you and I started working together on this show, even last year as I started getting the broadcast. I would listen to you and, and really just kind of like hang on every word and understand how you do it, ask you questions. I mean, you, you, are, you are a pro's pro. You are tremendously talented. Wherever you're going next, they are getting uh, a, a very, very uh, <laughs> awesome guy and a, a very talented broadcaster uh, and, and you know host of a of a show, whatever whatever you're doing next. So I, I'm going to be I'm going to very I'm very much miss you, and I know that everybody else will too. Yeah, I'm gonna miss everybody, and it's just uh, it's a good move for my family, which is uh, the the motivating factor here for sure. And um, again, I'm here through the weekend. I'm here through Sunday. Just wanted to throw that out there now, so we're gonna have a lot of fun here between uh, now and the end of uh, the week, to be sure. But uh, wanted folks to know. All right, that, that's Vinny Rotino. I'm Matt Pauley. We'll take a break for the news, which begins in two minutes, and we'll get the post game manager Craig Council after that. The Brewers come up short this evening. They lose to the Cubs 8-3. We're back with more after this. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Line drive to right in the corner. Fair ball. This could score two. Runners in for sure. And the throw coming home is going to be late. And on the third is Rafael Ortega. 8-3. Brewers come up short against the Cubs. Welcome back into the program. My name is Matt Pauley. Series is even at a game apiece going into the series finale tomorrow. Jason Alexander makes the start today. Five and a third, seven runs, six earned on eight hits, two strikeouts, two walks. Probably pitches a little bit better than that line would indicate. Manager Craig Council meeting with the media just a little while ago, and he talked about how Alexander pitched and also how the team played behind him. No, I mean, they, uh, I mean, he, you know, it, it, we didn't play good enough defense to kind of keep some runs off the board early. Um, and then, um, you know, we, we sent him out there for the sixth. And, you know, unfortunately, that inning just, just fell apart a little bit on us. Um, you know, and then, you know, we needed length from tonight. We were, we were short bullpen wise tonight. And, um, so we, uh, you know, we just didn't, we couldn't get out of the sixth, unfortunately. Was that a main reason for sending him back out there in the sixth inning? Was that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, there's, you know, you got to play all these scenarios. I mean, if, but, um, you know, we gave a broken bat hit to start it. And then, um, yeah, and they got, they got a couple base hits. But, you know, there's. You know, he had done a nice job. We, we didn't, like I said, the first five innings, it's kind of just gave the home run to Suzuki. Otherwise, you know, that could have been, that, that could have been it for the run scored. Um, but, you know, when you need length, you need length. And then, and that's, that's part of it. You don't have the best year from the dugout of East West, but were you surprised Suzuki could keep that ball fair? Um, I'm, I'm not sure where the pitch was. Yeah. Yeah. Offensively, have the air taken out of the balloon a little bit there. You have three straight walks to lead off the inning, and then Wick comes in, and you get the line out, the double play ball. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we didn't do enough offensively either, really. So it's you know we, you know, we got two runs, we scored two in the first, and um, you know, just two hits after that. So I mean, a little rally in the seventh, but you know, not obviously didn't didn't materialize. Could Brasso coming in to pitch these innings? How 
I mean, how, how useful are those just to cover it and not have to another? Well, I mean, I think like look when when you when you send a position player in and you send Mike in there, I you know we just we're trying to get three outs, want Mike to get out of there healthy, um, and you know we're, we've got our eye towards tomorrow's game, um, and he's he's done a nice job of he just he's throwing strikes and that's. That's what you want. Um, you're hoping they hit it at somebody or somebody makes a nice plays, and when we did that, and he got us out of it. So it it makes us better tomorrow um, when he can do that. That's manager Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while ago. You say we we haven't talked about on this show, and that's probably a bad job by me. Uh, is the fact that they did have those back to back to back walks there in the sixth inning to lead the inning off, bases loaded, nobody out. And they don't get anything out of it. Now it's a it's a six run game at that point in time, but you get two runs, it's a four run game. If you can find a way to push across three, all of a sudden it's very much a competitive game once again. But you get a line out off the bat of Luis Urias, you get a ground ball or double play ball off the bat uh, of Jace Peterson, and that inning ends, and that that hurts. You know, not not that scoring some runs in that inning guarantees that you're coming back and winning this game, but that puts a little bit of wind into the sails. So that's a that's a big moment in this game just because of what it could have potentially led to. No guarantee that it does lead to that, but that was your chance to get back into it, and that uh, chance certainly uh, fell through. Doug texting in says the Brewers are very lucky to be tied in this series. They've got to get Taylor and Renfro back. The Southfield is missing a lot of power, and if they don't come back soon, it's time to uh, bring one up or get one. Uh, good timing again. Burns should save the series tomorrow. Yeah, you know, that's a couple things. First off, you're right. You're, you're 100% right. There's nothing that you said wrong about Renfro and Taylor, and they need those guys back in the lineup. Probably, I know you're not going to like this, Doug, probably more Renfro than Taylor because of what he's been able to do in terms of uh, damage this year. But obviously, there's been times where Taylor's been the best ba- batter in the lineup. So, yeah, you're right. They, they need those guys back, and they need those guys back um, ASAP. It is, it, it's incredible when You've got pitchers like Corbin Burns, like Brandon Woodruff, and at times this year like Eric Lauer. Like Eric Lauer has been in some uh, pretty good places this year where he's just in a zone, and every time he's going out, he's pitching well. Now I mentioned three guys, like three out of five in your rotation. That means there's a better than 50% chance that one of those guys are, are going to be coming up. But uh, Woodruff has been injured, and in, uh, Lauer did not have the, the best June. But it just feels like... When they really, really, really need a win, one of those guys is is popping in to do just that. And we'll see what Burns does tomorrow. Certainly no guarantee uh, they face off against a guy in Adrian Sampson who's a pretty good pitcher. Uh, So no no guarantee they win tomorrow, but they have the opportunity to win the series with their ace on the mound. And that's all you can really ask for. 855-616-1620. That is the Yankee Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. When we return, we'll go back through the game with the highlights. This is Brewers X Turnings on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of here! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. 8-3, Brewers lose to the Cubs. Starting pitching matchup tonight, the Brewers have Jason Alexander on the mound while Kyle Hendricks goes for the Cubs. And it would be the Brewers who would score first. It happens in the bottom of the first inning. Christian Yelich leads the inning off with a walk. He uh, steals second. Uh, and then it would bring up, uh, with one out, Rowdy Teles. 
Brewers with a chance to score here in the opening inning. And they got a chance anyway. Power guys, Yelich, Adonis, Telez, the pitch. Swing and a drive! Right and deep! Get up! Get up! Get out of here and that was another changeup, I believe. We didn't know it at the time, but we would not hear from the Brewers from a run-scoring perspective again for quite some time. They jump out to a 2-0 lead. The Cubs do get one of those runs back in the fourth inning with one out. Patrick Wisdom walks, then Alfonso Rivas is hit by a pitch. Runners on at first and second for Jan Gomes, who gets a base hit to load the bases. Nelson Velasquez then grounds into an RBI fielder's choice, an RBI ground out, excuse me, and uh, that scores Patrick Wisdom, and that makes it a 2-1 game. Kyle Hendricks was actually done after three innings. Matt Swarmer comes in in the fourth inning, uh, gives up a hit, strands a runner there in the fourth inning, and then in the top of the fifth inning, the Cubs would make some noise. With one out, Nico Horner reaches on a throwing air by Willie Adamas, where he gets all the way to second. The next hitter is Ian Happ. Bouncer hit to third and past Luis Arias. The game is going to be tied, and on the second goes Ian Happ with what will be scored as a double, I think. It is indeed scored as a double. Horner scores. The next hitter after that is Seiya Suzuki. Swinging a liner to left in the corner. If it's fair, it's big trouble. Gone for Suzuki, and the Cubs have the lead. 4-2 as the Cubs score three runs on two hits with an air. They're in the fifth inning, and they hold a two-run lead. They add to that lead in the sixth inning. In the sixth, Jan Gomes leads the inning off with a base hit. The next hitter is Nelson Velasquez. He singles. Runners on at first and second. David Bodie then strikes out on a foul bunt, and it brings up Rafael Ortega. Line drive to right in the corner. Fair ball. This could score two. Runners in for sure. And the throw coming home is going to be late. And on the third is Rafael Ortega. That ends the day for Jason Alexander. Brent Suter comes on. He gets Nico Horner to pop out, but then he walks Ian Happ. Happ steals, actually, and then uh, with uh, Suzuki at the plate, uh, the Cubs, I don't know if they pull a fast one, but they uh, they execute a play, to, uh, to be sure. Runner goes, and the throw to second is going to be cut off, and the throw back to home is going to be late for the sliding Rafael Ortega. It goes as a double steal. Ian Hamp steals second. Rafael Ortega steals home. Seiya Suzuki was still at the plate. He does this. The pitch. Swinging a soft line drive to left. And around third. And the throw coming on is going to be cut. And the Cubs get one more. Brewers have a big opportunity in the sixth inning. Rowdy Telez, Andrew McCutcheon, and Colton Wong all walk as the first three batters of the inning. That ends the day for Matt Swarmer. On comes Rowan Wick. He gets Luis Urias to line out. Runners can't advance. Next hitter is Jace Peterson. Peterson waiting the pitch. Bouncer hit back up the middle. Could be two to second one. Relay in time, and they get out of it with no further damage. Still an 8-2 game. Michael Rucker comes on to pitch for the Cubs in the eighth inning after Brent Suter really did a nice job in there. Mike Brasso comes on, position player pitching in the ninth inning, gives up a hit, nothing more. 
So we go to the bottom of the ninth inning. Brewers trail by an 8-2 score with two outs. Jace Peterson doubles. It brings up Victor Caratini. 1-0 delivery. Line to left and dropping for a base hit. Peterson's going to try to score, and he will, and it is now 8-3. That ends up being the final as the Cubs beat the Brewers with the win. The Cubs go to 33-48. and The Brewers drop to 47 and 36 winning totals for Chicago. Eight runs, 11 hits, one air, and they end up leaving seven for the Brewers. Three runs, five hits, two airs. They leave six. Winning pitcher Swarmer, he's two and three. Alexander the loss, he's two and one. Home runs, uh, Suzuki hitting his sixth. Telez hitting his 17th. The game lasting three hours and three minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 30,561 folks. Brewers come up short. They end up losing today to the Cubs. Final score, 8-3. We'll come back. We'll get you some scores from around baseball, and we'll close things out. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers lose to the Cubs today, 8-3. Welcome back in. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Series is even at a game apiece, the proverbial rubber game of the match coming up tomorrow afternoon here at American Family Field. We'll get into that coming up in just a moment or so. Let's go around the NL Central. Uh, the Cardinals end up losing again today to uh, the Braves. 7-1 is the final, so with that, uh, the Brewers don't lose any ground in the NL Central standings. A win today, they would have gained another game on the Cardinals. Instead, uh, the differential with the Cardinals back stays at the same. For St. Louis, Andre Pallante got the start. Goes just three and two-thirds innings. Seven runs and uh, ten hits, five strikeouts, and no walks for him. Just was not a very good day for St. Louis. For the Pittsburgh Pirates, they got a nice one. They sold out uh, PNC Park today. They played host to the Yankees. You can guess that... Most of the people there were probably Yankees fans. That being said, I think it was their first sellout since like 2019. I think that's what I saw on the uh, on the old Twitter machine, if I've got that right. Uh, and the Pirates, uh, I guess, make the home fans unhappy if the if the home fans were there to root on the Yankees. Well, the Pirates come away with a win, a 5-2. Jose Quintana makes the start for the Buccos. Goes five innings, one run, six hits, seven strikeouts, no walks. He's now two and four with a 3.33 ERA. He's done a really nice job. He's having a true resurgence uh, this year with the Pirates. It'll be interesting to see if he gets moved at the deadline. Like the way he's pitching, he is turning into somebody that if he does get moved in the deadline, the Pirates might be able to get something pretty legit form like that's a that's a pitcher that could come in and really help you uh try to make your way into the postseason so that's a that's a name there's a lot of guys for the pirates who could potentially be traded but he obviously is uh one of them old friend daniel vogelback hits a home run in the game uh for the pirates he now has 11 this year jack sawinski young phenom he hits a home run he's now got uh, 14 another old friend in uh ben gamble he's back healthy he's back in the lineup and uh, he ends up with a uh with a double I like I like watching the Pirates play. Uh, they're they're not a very good team, but they're scrappy. They're fun. There's these young guys there. Like it's just it's a fun team. I think I said this the other day. If you put a Cubs game, a Reds game, and a Pirates game on in front of me, and I have to watch one of them, it with it's easy. I'm watching the Pirates. Like the of those three teams, they are easily the most compelling of the three. Speaking of the Reds, they 
have a nice game today. They shut out the Mets, winning by one-nothing score. Uh, as Max Scherzer got the start for the Mets, he went uh, six uh, innings without giving up a run, but uh, the bullpen let down when uh, Cincinnati scores a run in the bottom of the ninth inning. It was Mike Mustakis with the walk-off hit for the Reds, and uh, they get the win by a one-nothing score. Again, the Brewers, they pick up, or they uh, fall short, I should say, against the uh, Cubs this evening here in American Family Field. Final score, 8-3. Tomorrow, these two teams back at it for an afternoon contest. Corbin Burns on the mound for the crew. Right-hander, 7-4 with a 2.36 ERA. Adrian Sampson will go for Chicago. No record and a 3.38 ERA. A 1-10 first pitch tomorrow. That means our coverage is set to begin at 12.35. Once again, the Brewers, they lose to the Cubs 8-3. We'll talk to you tomorrow for more Brewers baseball here on WTMJ.